Yama, I'm your host Nairi Pakai and welcome to NITV Radio for this Friday, 19th of January. Coming up on today's show, NITV speaks with Irene Widgway about the documentary Her Name is Nanny Nelly. Set to premiere on NITV on Sunday the 21st, Irene shares with us the story of her great-grandmother, Nanny Nelly. And we also speak with Simone Kenmore, Commonwealth Bank's Executive Manager of Indigenous Business Banking. With a promising partnership with Supply Nation, we... that will aim to support Indigenous businesses. We also share stories from the NITV news team. All these stories and more coming to you after the weekly news wrap-up on NITV Radio. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy directed outside Parliament. The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. Aboriginal peoples increased the spread of tree species that held cultural and culinary significance as a response to colonisation, new research has found. Bunya pines have been important to Aboriginal peoples for thousands of years, with a bumper season signalling important gatherings on the East Coast. The giant nuts come from the cone of the Bunya pine, the Aracuria bidwili, which dates back to the age of the dinosaurs. Genomic tools are now helping to retrace past Indigenous dispersal of the ancient plant species and could help with conservation. Sydney's Botanic Gardens has been part of a collaborative cross-cultural research team that found Indigenous peoples increased the movement and genetic mixing of the bunya pine in southeast Queensland in response to European colonisation and resulting in land clearing. The Northern Territory Minister of Mining says he's excited Santos Barossa pipeline will go ahead after the federal court dismissed a claim by Tiwi traditional owners. Proceeding had been brought by the Jikilara-Ruru owner, Simone Mankara, over the pipeline, which would which he argued would damage sacred cultural heritage sites underwater in the Timor Sea. In November, the court issued an emergency injunction which halted work on gas export pipeline just hours before it was set to commence. But the federal court has now dismissed the case on Monday, ordering the Tiwi Islander applicants to pay costs to Santos. NT Minister Mark Monaghan says it shows Santos has met its obligations. Look, I'm frustrated, as many Territorians are frustrated about uh, some of the delays that uh, are are causing these space. But then again, I'm also reassured that this is what happens in a democratic country. We are very excited today that uh, another hurdle for uh, Santos uh, has uh, been removed and they can get on with providing an energy source into the Territory that is worth $6 billion to our economy. 
A new walk-in service has been established at Western Australia's State Library, which aims to support Aboriginal community members to learn about their family history. Government organisation Aboriginal History Western Australia has been operating since 1997 and is now providing access to their records for the period between 1886 and 1972. Community Education Officer Dwayne Kelly says the project is providing important access to information and acknowledged for community members who continue to be impacted by the legacies of colonisation. It's, it's really rewarding um, to see people learn about things about their own family they didn't know and to really fill in the gaps that might be there through, you know, whatever sort of removals or other things that happened in the past. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says high-income Australians will still receive tax cuts, even as the government remains committed to managing inequality. The Prime Minister has reaffirmed the controversial Stage 3 tax cuts under high income, under which high-income earners are set to receive the highest gains will come into effect from July 1st. The package, a policy of the former coalition government, will abolish the 32.5% and the 37% brackets and bring in a single 30% bracket for incomes between $45,000 and $200,000. Nationals MP Barnaby earlier told Channel 7 Sunrise the Albanese government should not alter a policy it did not mention in its 2022 election campaign. The Stage 3 tax cuts is about giving some of your money back to you. It's very easy to get a surplus when I just use the money out of your skyrocket and put it into the government's treasury, treasury bucket. And we've got to start giving this money back. Mr Albanese has told ABC tax cuts had been factored in to the policy on inflation and that Labor will continue to look at measures to help Aussies doing it tough in the lead up to the federal budget. We think that in terms of uh, income tax relief, uh, that is one way that can assist people uh, because it does mean uh, extra dollars in people's pockets. Education Minister Jason Clare insists the government is doing everything they can to ensure affordable education for Australian families. It comes as a new report reveals one third of parents can't afford to pay for essential school equipment such as stationery and uniforms. The Finder survey of 1,039 respondents also found 11% of parents admitted they would have to go into debt to pay back-to-school costs. Mr Clare told Channel 7 Sunrise program that school funding, public school funding, was the answer to reducing costs for parents, as private or independent school fees is one of the biggest expenses. The the big important things that we need to do this year is make sure that we fund our public schools properly to make sure that they've got the resources they need to help children who fall behind to catch up, to keep up, to finish school, so that for more parents, public education, public schools are their first choice, uh, so that it'll help with costs, but also make sure that their children get the education that they deserve. 
A new national grants program has been launched to address growing rates of HIV and viral hepatitis in Australia. Indigenous health experts say the impact of these health conditions on First Nations people compared to the wider population is significant and growing and it is hoped the grants program can change that. According to the Kirby Institute, recent data shows the incident of HIV and viral hepatitis is higher among Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples than it is in non-Indigenous Australians. The new $4.4 million grants program launched by the Gilead Sciences, the Lewitcha Institute and the Poach Centre for Indigenous Health is to target Indigenous-led organisations to address disparities that drive transmissions of HIV and viral hepatitis. Professor James Ward is a Pijajara and Nunaku man and Director of the Polsh Centre for Indigenous Health at the University of Queensland. For HIV, we've got about a 1.3 times the rate of notifications for HIV compared to the rest of the population. And for viral hepatitis, um, despite very good treatment available now for hepatitis C um, available on the PBS since 2016, we've got more hepatitis C in our population now than, uh, than ever before and at a rate three to five times greater than the non-Aboriginal population. We have all the science available to um, make big differences for HIV and for viral hepatitis, uh, but we haven't yet implemented it at a local level that's uh, been meaningful enough to change this disparity. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is heralding the success of the government's urgent care clinics, which opened up last year. He said the 58 urgent care clinics promised by the federal government opened by the end of 2023 and are successfully providing free and accessible health care. Mr Albanese says the government is ensuring Medicare services make health care affordable for all Australians who are fighting the rising costs as a result of inflation. We tripled the bulk billing incentive in the budget, the largest injection of funding to assist Medicare uh, that has happened since Medicare was founded. In addition to that, urgent care clinics like the one here, people, all they need is their Medicare card. That's a new form of health service delivery. It's based upon models that have been successful overseas. The New Zealand government's summer of discontent has resumed as Prime Minister Chris Luxon faces criticism for opting out of nationwide gathering called by the Māori King. Mr Luxon had hoped to keep attention on his 100-day plan, including 49 deliverables the government has pledged to meet by March the 8th. Instead of focusing on Kingi Tahita's national hui for un- unity in Naruwahiha near Hamilton on Saturday, thousands of people are expected to descend on the Waikato town for the talks after the Māori king issued a royal proclamation, the first in a decade for the event. Mr Luxon says he won't be joining them, instead dispatching Māori Affairs Minister Tamapataka and another Māori 
MP Dame Baudois. Well, it's not actually a political event per se. It's actually not for politicians. We are not front and centre in those conversations. It's an opportunity for Māori to come together. I'm very supportive of it. I think it's a good idea uh, to be able to think about where is Māori going out to 2040 and beyond. And so that's the nature of the conversations that have been happening is feeding uh, into the big big event and the big hui on Saturday. Um, but, you know, as I said, I caught up with uh, the Māori King uh, earlier in the week and I'll catch up again uh, with him and other iwi leaders uh, over the course of Waitangi as well. And in sport, Australian Daniel Sanders has missed out on finishing in the top three at the Dhaka Rally Motorbike Race. On Wednesday's 10th stage, a 371-kilometre route around Aloha in Saudi Arabian desert, Ricky Barbeck led home in his Honda teammates, Chilean Nacho Cornier and Frenchman Adrian Van Beveren in a dominant first, second and third place. Sanders came in fourth on the stage, 47 seconds behind Barbeck, who edged his teammate Cornio by just two seconds to take first stage victory of the race. And in tennis, Alex Demenoir is preparing for a gruelling physical battle battle against Milo's Ronowich, in which his first round match on the second day of the Australian Open. Australia's world number 10 faces off against unseeded Canadian at Rod Laver Arena on Monday. Australia's big home hope is riding high off of the back of a strong performance at the United Cup, including a defeat of world number one Novak Djokovic, who won his first round match against Croatian Dino Prismic. But despite being sidelined for almost two years with a catalogue of injuries, Roanek retains a supersonic serve that could easily snatch the match away from Demonoir. And that is NITV Radio's News Weekly Wrap-Up. 